doesn't matter if you've been away for a long time. Through confession, you can always come home. He is longing to come to you. Don't stay away from him. Welcome to the spirit world. I'm Debbie Giorgiani with Adam Bly, religious demonologist, and um, welcome to our open forum monthly mailbag show here. And we expect that uh, you will call in. Here's the number 877-757-9424. And Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we hope uh, you join us as we are live today. So glad to be back with you. So please call in. This is our monthly open forum and mailbag show heard right on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Um, also, we want to thank the uh, show team at Guadalupe Radio Network. Taylor Van Est is doing a great job. Tim Mott is supervising everything. And we've got Carol and Libby at the phones. And they are ready to answer your call. You can ask any questions about angels, demons, or anything in between. So we expect to hear from you. So if you're listening right now, or if you're driving and you hear us, please pull over safely to the side of the road and make your call. Uh, we'd love to hear your question or comment at 877-757-9424. And we will also be grabbing from our um, mailbag from our Facebook page and also that, that uh, Adam... Um, those emails that come in on a regular basis here at Guadalupe Radio Network. So you can always email us at TSW, that stands for the spirit world at grnonline.com, or you can like us on Facebook. Make sure you like us on Facebook there and find us at the spirit world podcast. Again, I'm Debbie Giorgiani with really religious demonologist Adam Bly and co-host, and we are excited to be with you. And Adam, we've got a little bit of um, kind of a rewind and housekeeping uh, you wanted to share before we jump right into the first question. 
Sure. I just wanted to remind everybody that um, we are definitely going to do a thorough treatment on the Immaculate Conception of Mary and all of the wonderful kind of theology and the history of God revealing that to us and also the theological basis for it. Um, it's just a wonderful, there's a wonderful teaching packed into that. And on September 16th, uh, we will have a recorded show because Debbie is at a wonderful conference. She's at a marriage conference in Texas, and so uh, she will not be available to be on the show. So we'll be recording a new show for you with new content there. And then very exciting, on September 23rd, which is Feast Day of Padre Pio, we're going to do a special show on the mystical gifts of Padre Pio and a little bit about his life. And I'm encouraging uh, Debbie, who's a real expert on Padre Pio, to do a lot of the teaching there because I want to, I'm looking forward to learning from her on that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how I love uh, St. Padre Pio. So I'm looking forward to having the live show on uh, his feast day. So that's going to be very exciting. And then we have more shows planned for you um, throughout the fall and into the winter and into Advent season. So we're very excited about uh, the upcoming program lineup here at the Spirit World. We hope you join us today, though, because uh, once a month, sometimes twice a month, depending on how many questions we get in during the month, we have an open forum mailbag show. That means you can send your comment or question in right away. We will answer it. Or you could call us. We have Libby and Carol standing by. They're ready to answer your call at 877-757-9424. And phone lines are just starting to light up. That's great. You guys love this show. We love to be with you every single Saturday. So Adam, first question came in from Marianne. And um, I actually love Marianne's question because I I deal with this, Adam, all the time, and it really bothers me, um, and I will tell you why I deal with it all the time. I live in Arizona, Adam, and we are have the, we have the ASU Sun Devils, okay? So there's a lot of Sun Devil merchandise. People are wearing the Sun Devil ball caps and T-shirts and everything. So the, the word devil is on a lot of um, merchandise out here in Arizona because of Arizona State University. And so my question to you, and this is what Marianne had to say, is that she has she has um, looked into buying this one particular type of coffee, and it's called Voodoo Blend um, with a skull and crossbones. And she was wondering if, if she should be concerned about that symbolism. And should we con- be concerned about wearing, you know, ASU Sun Devil t-shirts? I mean, you know, we are kind of promoting that, you know, fallen angel side. Is it, is it dangerous, Adam? Mm. Well, I don't think it's dangerous in the kind of extraordinary way you know, we've talked about getting involved in black magic and, you know, people um, kind of really getting uh, explicitly wanting to appeal to demons and whatnot. Certainly it's, I don't think, like that. The only place that I would say, you know, would be caution would be you are bringing an association into your life. So, you know, for instance, if I if I like horror movies and I watch one once in a while, that's one thing. But if that's all I watch and I saturate myself with it and fill my imagination with those ideas and images and sounds, eventually it's going to start affecting my dreams. It's going to affect how I, you know, process things and, and my inter- internal experience. So, if it's just a ball cap and or a company name, I don't think that's a big deal. If it was actually cursed material, that's when it's going to have an impact. But, 
you know, honestly, uh, in my experience over the years, the cursed material often isn't obvious. So, for instance, you know, dealt with a case just recently where uh, some people went for help to a shop and they were given some material to supposedly help with the house case, and it ended up making things worse. And those materials were offered to them as something good, and they didn't have anything overtly demonic about them, but they, in fact, were spiritually dangerous. So, again, Deb, I, I don't think it's a big deal. We have to have common sense with these things, but we don't want to saturate ourselves with them either. Well, you just made a comment that I just want to make sure we we cover um, completely on this. You said unless unless the the items are cursed, how do we know if they're cursed? Well, that's really hard to know, um, and that's a complicated topic. So, uh, some things have had rituals done over them. I mean, some of the more obvious ones are some of the, you know, the street drugs that are used by groups that are involved in black magic. They may have done rituals over them. Things that are being sold at a witchcraft shop probably have had done rituals done over them. But really, Deb, the only way you know for sure is uh, by the fruits of something, just as Jesus said, if you bring something into your life and problems start up and you're, you know, you take it out of the house and everything stops, you know, that's just kind of common sense. It could be. I'm not saying definitely. You know, sometimes there's coincidence, but basically it's by its fruits. So um, be wise about what you bring into your home. You know, you know, you have through your baptismal priesthood, you can bless things as a Christian. Um, you know, bless things uh, if you get a bad vibe from it. That could be discernment. It could just be psychology. Mm -hmm. That can get a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, unfortunately, there's no simple litmus test. Did you just say as by our baptism, we can bless things? Well, we have a baptismal priesthood. And so this, this is a subtle point. But through our baptism, we do have an ability to bless things. But it's not at the same level of, say, a deacon or a priest. A deacon's function, their office, is to bless things, and also to preach the gospel. So um, that is their particular function in the church. And, of course, a priest uh, can bless things and can also do sacraments and other actions that we cannot do. But through our baptismal priesthood, we do have an ability, for instance, to bless our children. Uh, we know that parents can bless their children. They have a special authority over their children. And, um, yeah, so we do have the ability to bless things that are under our authority for instance, things that we buy. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. This is good stuff. We need to hear all this. Thank you, Adam, for um, uh, making sure we understand this properly. Marianne, thank you for your uh, uh, question. We appreciate it because I, I've i been struggling with that as well, so that really helps. Um, we do have the phone lines um, lighting up, so that's, that is a good thing. That means that uh, you are wanting this open forum, this live open forum mailbag show once a month. And so we appreciate that. If you'd like to jump in, uh, there is an open phone line just for you, 877-757-9424. We are going to take a break in less than a minute. And uh, when we come back, we'll go to the calls. We'll go to Helene and the others um, talking about their questions about angels and demons and everything in between. And so just to make sure that you have a way to reach us, if you can't call in today, email us at tsw at grnonline.com. 
Okay, so that's the way to email us, tsw at grnonline.com or like us on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. And we'll be right back. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. 1 John 2.27 reads, You have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing, the Holy Spirit that is, teaches you about everything. Sounds pretty Protestant, doesn't it? No living teaching authority and just me and the Holy Spirit? Was John Protestant? Absolutely not. And here are some reasons why. First, John can't be rejecting a living teaching authority because in 1 John 4, 6, he instructs his readers that the apostles' teaching is the criterion for discerning truth from error. So what does John mean? He's warning his readers against false teachers. In 1 John 2, 19, he writes, Some went out from us, but they were not of us. If false teachers, well, then there must be true teachers. Sure, the Spirit teaches Christians the truth, but he does so through the living teaching authority, not apart from it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, we are back. This is our um, monthly open forum and mailbag show here at the Spirit World. I'm Debbie Giorgiani with religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you, you'll be that fine caller that uh, uh, rings the phones so that Libby and Carol can answer, and we'll put you on air to ask your question or make your comment at 877-757-9424. And again, I'm going to repeat it several times, folks, because after the show, we get messages. 
messages all the time that says, please give us the email and give us the Facebook. Okay, we're at face on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. And also you can reach us by email at TSW. That stands for the Spirit World at GRNonline.com. GRN stands for who produces this show, Guadalupe Radio Network. Okay, but we're heard on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network all over the world. So you guys uh, keep calling in. This is your um, live open forum so that we can ask the questions about angels and demons and everything in between. Okay, Adam, if you have anything else for us, or can we go straight to Helene? What do you say? Sure, let's let's go to Helene. Okay, Helene is waiting so patiently in the great state of New Jersey on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Helene, welcome to the spirit world. Okay, Helene, once again, welcome to the spirit world. Okay, we cannot hear Helene. Okay, so we're, okay, we, um, let me just go ahead and ask another question until, sure. um, Helene, hang on. They're working on that right now, um, with, uh, the phones. We have full phone lines, folks. So, uh, we're working very hard to make sure everybody gets on air, but I'm going to ask some questions that have, have come in on Facebook and, uh, YouTube. So, um, you know, Adam, here's the, here's the next one I wanted to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. we're getting a lot of comments from, um, our listeners that young children, young children are experiencing some pretty mystical things like, um, you know, uh, t- talking out loud to, to blank walls and to, and kind of focusing on a certain part of the room and, and fixating on a certain part of the room. Is this just normal childhood behavior or, Adam, could the um, guardian angels be somehow, you know, present and the, and the child is picking up on that? Or could it be something that uh, uh, demonic, uh, you know, at some kind of demonic attachment somehow in the home and that could be causing some disturbances and the children being so innocent so you know attuned to stuff like that so sensitive could be picking up on it could you share anything generally about that do you know anything and and in your exorcism um work that exorcism ministry work that you do each and every week adam um tell us a little bit more about how the children do the demons talk about the children at all is there any kind of connection there okay so it's a good question and a little bit complex but the first thing we have to remember is we have to explore the much more likely hypothesis that something is mundane that it's uh, some stress the child is under they have a very strong imagination which children do when they're young um you know there are cases where even young children have difficulties with mental illness or maybe a brain issue or an infection that's causing hallucinations. So something I see over the years, Deb, over and over and over is that um, people jump to the spiritual hypothesis before ruling out the medical. And that can be a big error because it's much more likely that it's medical. So that's the first kind of common sense caution. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of angels actually appearing to children, at least in my life, you know, in my life experience in this world, and it's been about 17 years now, it is very, very rare. And by that, I mean a handful of cases um, that I've been aware of over these years, and I've consulted on, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cases, been involved in hundreds of cases. Um, That's something that God allows 
and it's an extraordinary thing. It's not just the regular run-of-mill experience uh, that people have. And as we'll talk about uh, on the 23rd of this month when we talk about Padre Pio, we know that he had experiences of his guardian angel even from the time of being a young child. Mm-hmm. And I know somebody who has had experiences of seeing angels since they were a young child um, that is called into kind of a particular ministry in life. And I've known priests that have seen their angels, but it is still very rare compared to the general population. So, again, I would I would be cautious about it. Um, and then the other aspect of, of your question, whether the demonic is bringing up children or interested in children. Well, first thing to take away some of the fear just with that idea is that Jesus has to allow anything that happens. And in my experience, he does not allow the demonic to interact with children until they can become of the age of reason and make their own choices in terms of sin and their own choices in terms of um, kind of inviting the demonic into their life. And so uh, they are interested in them for two reasons. One, they will use them as a manipulation on the parents, to say, if you don't cooperate with us, we'll harass your children in some way. And then secondly, they will try to uh, ingratiate themselves and pretend to be a friend to a child, particularly a child that has been neglected or abused and has kind of that vulnerability, um, if the demon is already connected with that family. And it's doing that to try to establish a relationship with the next generation. So as the current generation, you know, eventually dies, it can still stay in the family. So we don't have to be too scared about that idea. Again, that's a very rare circumstance. And you're talking about families that have been actively involved in some form of the occult. It's not just, you know, oh, my, my child, you know, had an imaginary friend and it means there's a demon in the family. I'm not saying that at all. This is a rare thing. Um, but of course they're interested in people and children are people. So in that sense, they are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's see if we can um, connect with Helene in New Jersey, because she's been waiting so patiently in, on domestic church, Catholic radio. Helene, you're on air on the spirit world. Can you hear us? Okay. I cannot hear Helene. Um, Adam cannot hear Helene. We're going to, we're going to let uh, Taylor pick up with Helene. We have a- absolute full phone lines um, folks. Uh, Adam, you know what? I think we need to say the St. Michael prayer again. I really do. I, I really believe we're getting a lot of, um, interference here. And I don't think, uh, it's obvious that the demons do not want us to, uh, answer these calls today. So can you, can you lead us again in the St. Michael prayer? Sure. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, we definitely, um, we definitely can tell that uh, the demons are are messing with technology today. So, Helene, we are so sorry. We're probably not going to. Um, going to get to you we'll we'll get your comment um please libby and um carol if you can pick up helene's comment helene the next time you call back we will uh, happily put you at the front of the line we are so sorry let's move to yatsik yatsik is in amarillo texas on guadalupe radio network yatsik are you with us 
Yes, I am. Good morning. Okay. We cannot hear our second caller. Okay. So Helene and Rich and Yatsik and Lou and Matt and the others, we are so sorry. We are trying to work on this. I've never in eight year, eight plus years, Adam, I've never had this happen before. So, um, clearly, um, there's some interference here. So let me go back to the mailbag questions, Adam, and we can continue there because we we have probably over 80 questions. Um, oh. So we, yeah, we do. So let's try to do um, kind of a, a, a rapid fire lightning round sure, questions. Sure. Okay. Uh, the next question would be, Adam, um, uh, do you, the difference between um, when you go to a priest to have something blessed, and this comes in from a, a dear friend, uh, actually here in um in southern california um when you have when you go to a priest and you have something blessed should you bring your own holy water and should the priest use holy water each time they bless sometimes a priest will just make the sign of the cross and mm-hmm. and say the the words of blessing okay or they sometimes want to sprinkle the holy water and so um what what do you recommend? And, you know, I mean, obviously you don't want to tell the priest how to bless something. Right. So what do you do, Adam? Well, okay, so there's a few interesting things there. Um, yeah, number one, let the priest bless it in the way that they wish. If, you, if you're approaching him after Mass and there's a line of people, he's almost certainly just going to bless it informally and say something like, you know, I bless this rosary in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and make the sign of the cross over it. And that's fine. If you're looking for something more like the formal uh, blessing, for instance, uh, the blessing of a crucifix, and there's there's a few different versions of that uh, in the church's, in the church's um, uh, ritual. And if you're looking for that, you know, where it requires kind of a longer reading and it does call in that, it has a rubric that calls for the holy water, make an appointment with your priest uh, and go in and see him during office hours in order to do that if you're looking for the more formal blessing. And then, you know, finally, Deb, it's an interesting point um, that I've encountered over the years, and that is that when it comes particularly to spiritual warfare and the properties of sacramentals, the words do seem to matter. Meaning, if something is blessed generically, it does have an effect uh, in terms of spiritual warfare, for sure. And we can see that in the exorcisms when objects are used or sacramentals are used that are that are blessed generically. Um, but if the language actually calls for God to give it a property, um, <clears throat> a property of spiritual warfare that it has an effect on the demon, we do see an increased effect on the demon in the possessed person. And so words do matter in that sense. So I'm saying that if you approach a priest casually, he's probably going to bless it in that generic way. He doesn't have to use holy water to do that. If he's using a formal rite of blessing that calls for the holy water to be used, then he's probably going to use it. But you don't need to bring your own. Mm-hmm. Um, just let him use what, whatever holy water he wants to use. Mm-hmm. I love the Benedictine um, blessing. Um, I just find it to be so, um, I mean, it's the, it's the orig- you know, one of the original blessings, right? And it's just, it really just seems, I don't know, it just seems more comprehensive. Is that, is that more accurate or, or how, what would you say about the Benedictine? Yeah, the one for the for the metal, you mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, there's, there's a there's a long history of that. It's an interesting origin story where that came from. We might talk about sometime. But that one has a very specific, very specific language that it calls for to give it those properties. And that's an example of what I'm talking about, where the words seem to matter. Um, and demons have referenced the Benedictine medals. For instance, if somebody is wearing one during the session, um, I have seen them, you know, it's not out in the open, you can't see it, but it's under their shirt. I have had them reference the fact that the person's wearing the medal. So they're very aware of that and the protective properties of the medal. Okay, so um, Adam, we're gonna we're gonna hold it right there because you you hear the music. Um, we do have uh, more calls coming in. We we are going to work on uh, getting our callers on air with us. Um, we understand that our listeners can hear the callers, but you and I can't hear the callers, Adam. So there you go. So we got half of the problem uh, fixed right there. So when we come back, more of your calls here on the Spirit World. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. How do you keep God in your mind once you're done with prayer and daily mass? It's different for each of us, but one tool we've learned to use in our family is Christian music. Whether you're working around the house or driving the car, it's far more uplifting to listen to than the overplayed secular love songs. And God can speak to you through it. It's amazing how transformative good Christian music can be. Music can help us memorize scripture and remind us of the providence of God throughout the day. It can teach kids the Bible in a way that they love. And kids can make music their own. As they grow up, encourage your children to pick out Christian music that they personally can relate to. There's all different genres, from chant to country to contemporary. St. Paul exhorts us. Sing psalms, hymns, and inspired songs to God from your hearts. Music can help deepen your love for God and lift your spirit to Him throughout the day. Try it this season and see. To find more resources for your family, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. See, folks, when you have interference from uh, the demon side, uh, please... 
go to the St. Michael prayer and then persevere. Just march right through it, okay? And that's what the show team did here at Guadalupe Radio Network. And Adam and I, we were watching as everybody was working really hard to make sure we held on to the calls and the questions coming in. So, Taylor, great job. Tim, Carol, and Libby, you guys are awesome. Way to go. So, Adam, we are going to get the uh, callers on air with us. That is amazing. Also, I want to invite Helene from New Jersey. If you want to call back uh, Libby and Carol, please put her at the front of the line. She was waiting so patiently. Helene from New Jersey, if you want to call back or we got your question or comment, we will address it. Um, so sorry about that. Um, but you know what? You're gonna get uh, you're gonna get brownie points in heaven. We just feel that, okay? You're gonna get brownie points in heaven. All right, let's go back to the phones, Adam, and um, let's go to Yatsik because Yatsik was up next in Amarillo, Texas, on Guadalupe Radio Network. Let's hope we can hear you, Yatsik. Welcome. Well, good morning. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, yes, we can. Thank you so much oh for goodness. waiting and and yes. Go right ahead. I have very, very easy question. Uh, that uh, music that the show is playing that goes so well with the, the theme. I'm just curious: is it something that was composed especially for uh, for the show, or is this some you know film music or some classic uh, music that? Um, Sure. That you borrowed from. Mm-hmm. Well, Yatsik, let me let me share something with you. I'll, I'll give you the backstory. Um, at one of our original producers of the show, um, through the station of the cross, and they. Um, Matt, uh, I believe it was Matt that, that, that produced or came up with, um, several opening themes, um, that, that could be used for this show. And he sent, uh, Matthew sent them to Adam and I, and we listened to them, uh, on a regular basis, uh, for about, uh, two days. And my husband was the one, Marty, my husband came into the kitchen and he said, okay, that last one is amazing. It just sounds so perfect for the type of show that you're doing. And it really wasn't our first pick. Do you remember, Adam? It wasn't our first pick. It was like our second or third pick. And and sure enough, when we, um, Adam and I decided on it, and then we told our producer, it it just took off, Yatsik, and everybody just loved it and thought, wow, it's really catchy. They can, you know, when they hear it playing um, in, across the the room or the um, the house, they're like, "Wow, here comes the the spirit world." What? Any comments on that, Adam? Before we go back to Yatsik? Oh yeah, I'm. It, it's to me, it's a little bit like a march, and so it's it's kind of grabs my attention. And yeah, I thought it was strong in the beginning when we were reviewing things, um, and it feels like a march, which is good because a lot of things that we're talking about are spiritual warfare related. So I thought it was a good fit. Mm-hmm. Right, and Tim just um, just reminded us that. Um, um, it was taken from the uh, production library, and it comes from an album, Yatsik, called Angels and Demons. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. So there you go. God bless. You're welcome. God bless you for all the work you guys are doing, and uh, have a great day. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. That was probably like a really long answer to Yatsik's short question. But I know that other people have asked us that in, in the past year and a half. They said, how did you get that really cool, catchy tune? And uh, so there you go. There's the whole story. And we're, we're all about full disclosure here um, on the spirit world. Okay, let's go to the phones again. Um, I'm still one more shout out to Helene. If you want to call back from New Jersey, uh, we'll hold a line open for you. Matt is up next. Oh, Adam in your uh, your um, part of the country, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on 101.7 FM. Hi, Matt. Welcome. Hi there. How are you? Great. How are you? Go right ahead. Good, good. So I was wondering, um, is there a certain um, object uh, that you would recommend to bring in into the house? I mean, the, uh, I know there, I have... You know, crosses and things like that in our house but um is there um anything that could be um i've heard people bring it bring things back from the holy land you know from like uh lords or things like that um that can help to uh welcome in the holy spirit um and a spiritual a positive spiritual atmosphere within the house, um, and just a, a uh, something of protection, um, uh, you know, alongside having your, a priest uh, bless something. Is there something you know of that um, that you could you could do that with? Bring into the house that would provide a uh, protection over your your house and people in it. Sure, Matt. So you know the 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 number one thing, and that is our own activity, our own spiritual lives. You having a prayer life within the house, um, perhaps reading, you know, five minutes of reading scripture every day, uh, saying grace before meals. The family's conversion or your conversion, if you're living alone, that's actually the most important thing. So the sacramentals are something that we add into our lives, and they do bring protection, but we don't want to see them as a magical talisman, like, okay, I brought this object in, and now I'm protected, because then I'm putting all my faith in the object versus in my relationship with Jesus, in my relationship with God. So all that being said, um, yeah, sacramentals are great. You know, you want to have basically holy images or holy symbols throughout your home. They don't have to be everywhere, but there should be something in every room so that you're, as your eyes pass across that in the course of your day, you're reminded to maybe you know reflect on God for a split second, maybe um, remember a particular story that the, the image is related to, or think of a particular saint whose intercession you're looking for. But don't think of these things as like, okay, now that object is the thing that's protecting me. Because without a prayer life and a personal relationship with Jesus, the sacramentals and the objects are of minimal or no effect because God is looking for that relationship and that conversion. And that's actually the core of things. These are just extras. I hope that helps. Does that work, Matt? Yeah, uh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. And God bless you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so very much for calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, Rich called back after that uh, technical little glitch we had there. And so let's go to Rich. And um, can we get to Rich? Bring him on air. Okay, hello, Rich. You called back. Thank you so much. Hi, Deb and Adam. Uh, God bless your show. Hi. I appreciate uh, you taking my call. So 
Yeah, um, Thank my you. question was, um, um, and and I got knocked off as well. So I immediately prayed to St. Michael and, uh, and the Blessed Mother and everything is back. I hope everything is back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so thank you, Rich. Is, thank you for doing that. Uh, which, uh, um, so my question is, if an object is blessed and someone acquires it, um, however they acquire it, um, can it can a curse be then uh, put upon it? Because I'm thinking if a, if an object is ble- uh, is cursed, then it can be blessed. But I'm wondering if the opposite is true as well. Yeah, Rich, that's that's an interesting question. Um, I would say that yes, it can be. Um, you know, any sacramentals or blessed objects are things that come from, you know, creation, and all of creation is tainted by original sin. And so when we bless them, we're asking God to add a little bit of grace to that object, a little bit of a connection with God in a particular way to that object. And when people do curses or black magic, they're they're asking the demonic to attach. Now, there's a critical point there. They have to have authority over the object in order to, to give it over to the demonic. So, um, basically, it would have to be in their possession and, and be under their authority in order to do that. Um, so, yes, it's possible. And there's one kind of caveat to this, or one footnote, and that is when it comes to relics of the church, relics are not blessed because relics bless other objects. And so those, um, that would be an interesting thing. I would have to really reflect on that and maybe talk to some theologians about it. I don't think a relic could be cursed because kind of by its very nature, it is it is part of or connected with a saint uh, who is currently in heaven. So I think that would be the footnote that you couldn't curse those. I hope that helps. Yes, uh, and, and a connecting question. Um, I had... I have a, I had a rosary that was worked on uh, by a jeweler, and I brought I need I don't give I don't give anything that I own uh, that's religious I don't just hand it over to anybody. Um, if they want to look at it, they can look at it. I don't I don't trust anybody to hold anything. So I immediately had my after it was worked on, I immediately had my priest re-bless it, just you know just as a precaution. So. Uh, is that something that um, that's advisable as well? Yeah, so this touches on an interesting point, Rich, and that is um, when it comes to, like, and, and not trying to create fear here, but when it comes to something that's actually been cursed, it needs to be exercised and then blessed. So, for instance, if somebody buys a house and they move into it and the previous tenant had actively done black magic there and, and kind of given it over to the demonic, um, if... If the church then comes in and does just a thorough house blessing, generally things just resurge in a couple days or within two weeks, usually within a couple days. And that is because the demon has to be ordered out actively by a command of the church, not just the house blessed. The house being blessed makes it uncomfortable for the demon. It doesn't like that, but it still has rights to the house that were given by somebody who had authority over it in the past. And so if you thought somebody actually did a curse on that object, I would ask Father just to informally exercise it, which would be as simple as, you know, him saying, I exercise this rosary in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because he is your priest, he has authority over you as a member of his parish, particularly if he's the pastor. 
and he has the authority to kind of informally exercise things. Now, the formal exorcism of objects, that requires permission from the bishop, and that would be like the Leonine minor exorcism. That's a little different, but a priest can just informally exercise things also. I am very informative. Thank you so much for the both of you. Have a blessed weekend. Oh, you, you as well, Rich. Thank you so very much. Rich uh, was listening on Sirius XM 130, calling in from the great state of New York. Thank you, Rich. Call us again, please. Great questions. Okay, Adam, um, we do have more of the uh, comments coming in on our email and our email. So look at the clock. We're going to try to get to all the calls because they've been everybody's been waiting so patiently. Um, we're going to get to your questions coming in uh, by email and on YouTube and Facebook. We are going to we are going to um, uh, get to those next month. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll be over a hundred by then. But we're gonna we're gonna do our part to try to answer on Facebook. You can always uh, like us there at the Spirit World Podcast, and then also on the show. So let's go back to the phones. Very important. We get to everybody. Lou is up next, and Lou is on Sirius XM one thirty. And Lou has been waiting patiently. Welcome to the Spirit World. Your question, sir. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, waiting patiently is not a, a nothing bad because your program is fantastic. I learn a lot every week, twice a week, I should say. Uh, I have one question for you guys. Are you familiar with Father Jim Blount? Mm-hmm. He's on yes. YouTube. He gives homilies and, and yes. discusses folk. Okay. Yeah. I was I I was watching him on YouTube and he. He made a comment uh, about him meeting the Antichrist, and he knows who the Antichrist is, and it's a very powerful person. And and he, but he wouldn't reveal who the who the individual is. And uh, he left off his uh, his homily like that, just cold like that. So, and I just wanted to see what your impression is, or what your or what your thoughts are about uh, that kind of observation. Yeah, so, okay, Lou, it's it's an interesting question, and it touches on private revelation. And, and yeah, I know Father Jim, um, we were speaking together at a particular event and, you know, got to spend some time together. He's a wonderful priest in my experience. Um, but this touches on private revelation as opposed to um, kind of divine revelation that comes through Scripture um, and through authoritative teachings of the Church. So... Um, with private revelation, Lou, we don't take it as truth. We have to submit that to the authority of the bishop. Um, usually it's the bishop of that priest in their diocese. So before private revelation is taken as, um, it's not necess- it wouldn't be called authoritative, but before it is not forbidden. So for instance, there's there's many people out there that claim to be seers and have kind of information about um, new teachings that are against the teaching of the church, and they say, here's, here's something new that God is giving me, and we need to tell the world about it. And the local bishop will say, this person is is in error, this is not a, a real revelation from God, don't pay attention to them. So the bishops will make judgments on these things based on whether they're in line with the church's teaching. So I don't, you know, in terms of the Antichrist that's a tricky one, of course. Uh, many people have 
had you know supposed revelations about the Antichrist, I would just say wait and see, um, and hopefully that'll be submitted to the bishop of where the sermon was given, maybe, uh, if the bishop cares to make a comment on it. But we, we really need to let the judgment be made uh, by the bishop's office. I wouldn't allow that to cause fear with you. Uh, we know, you know, eventually, scripturally, we know the Antichrist shows up, um, but we don't know when. And so we want to, you know, basically reserve that until the church speaks authoritatively. Do you have thoughts on that, Deb? I think you answered that uh, quite well. I just wanted to comment on uh, Father Jim Blunt. Um, I have uh, listened to um, various talks that he has given and some retreats and, and things of that nature, Lou. I found him to be a uh, very sound doctrine, uh, very, very a great communicator. Um, uh, he really inspires folks to go deeper, much deeper in their faith life. So um, just wanted to share that uh, personally, my experience um, about Father Jim Blunt. But I, I don't know if that did. Did we cover everything, Lou? Does that seem good to you? Yeah, I mean, I like him a lot, too. I mean, uh, <laughs> I find him uh, very uh, introspective and, uh, and uh, very credible. And uh, I was just curious as to why he wouldn't release, or well, I wouldn't wouldn't identify the person, because uh, <laughs> I think if uh, the sooner we know, the better off we'll be, you know. And uh, I just found that fascinating that he wouldn't, not that he wouldn't. He just says I I can't at this moment. He described him as being seen by the Antichrist also. And that uh, the Antichrist didn't know, who, couldn't make out who he was. So more like in a spirit form, if I, if I, you know, remember it correctly, and uh, which I found also fascinating because I would think that uh, as a pow- as a, you know, as a powerful demon as he is, he'd be able to identify a human being. But uh, any thoughts on that, uh, Adam? Uh, well, yeah, really briefly, Lou, because I, I think we're coming towards the end of the hour here. Remember that when it comes to demons, don't think of them in terms of that one is powerful or more powerful and, you know, it can should be able to do things. They're all limited by what Jesus allows them to do. We see this really clearly in, in the world of solemn exorcism. Um, things can be hidden from them. Their mind can be closed to things by God. So, you know, if there was a spirit of Antichrist, and we know the Bible talks about a spirit of Antichrist, different than the Antichrist that we read about in Revelation. Um, If there is that type of spirit, it's still only doing what God allows it to do, because God is God, and God created everything, and so Jesus is in charge of what he allows them to do. So never think of them as powerful, just think of them in terms of what God is allowing them to do. And ultimately, in the end, he allows their action for our sanctification. Even though, yes, it it's, can be harmful and it can be difficult in the meantime, but for instance, temptation ultimately is for our sanctification. So they're also limited in what they can perceive. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. I really appreciate the, your analysis. You also, Debbie, thank you for... Mm-hmm. for uh, you know, giving more credibility because, you know, there's so many people out there today, uh, you know, clergy and non-clergy lady, and, mm-hmm. and you don't know who to, you know, who to really put, uh, you know, any sure. credence on, you know? 
Yep. Yep. Um, absolutely. Lou, thank you so much. Your kind words really made our day. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful and blessed weekend. And just uh, for our listeners, Lou was listening in Queens, New York on Sirius XM 130. Wow. Great call. Marisa is up next in South Texas, also on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Marisa. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, Go right ahead. Um, yes, uh, my husband and I received a gift from his one of his kids, who know we know practices Wiccan. It was a a house blessing, and it was uh, made out with little decals out of the cricket when you can make your own pictures and stuff. And uh, it was a pretty pretty blessing, but it had a cross, a crucifix, just the shadow. It was black, and it had these little black birds flying around. And I listened to one of your show, previous shows and said that we shouldn't keep anything as a gift from anyone that practices Wiccan. So what I did is I took the glass, because it was stickers on glass, and I put it to my, my copier, and I made a copy of it, and I painted the I painted the birds blue and the cross gold. And um, I just needed, wanted to know, would that be okay to keep, or should I not keep anything related to that gift? Well, Marissa, yeah, that it, that's that's difficult. So, if it's a blessing from from Wicca, which is witchcraft, you know, we've we've talked about on the show, it comes from a guy named Gerald Gardner back in the '60s and '70s. Um, we we don't want to bring that blessing into the home because that's not a blessing from God, and that's not appealing to God for that blessing. So, we don't want to kind of accept that kind of blessing, but at the same time, we we don't want to drive a wedge between parents and children. So, you know, what I would do is maybe go back and have a conversation and say, well, we can't accept a Wiccan blessing over a Christian home. Could we compromise and maybe do something together um, that isn't coming from the Wiccan um, arena. So maybe he could do one that's just personal from him to his parents in love without invoking Wicca, some kind of compromise without just driving a wedge and, and, you know, perhaps making it more difficult to talk with him in the future. But I wouldn't keep even the photocopy of it because um, it is basically a a non-Christian blessing. And I think in a Christian home, we're not supposed to have those. Right. And if you're asking my vote, Marisa, for what it's worth, I would get I would just get rid of it. I would not put anything in the home that is problematic. But I agree with Adam. You don't want to cause problems with your family members. Real quick, uh, Marisa, we only have 30 seconds. Any comments? No, no, I, I appreciate the input. I, I had mixed feelings about it. So that's why I wanted to call in. I'm glad I caught you all before the end of the show. Thank you yeah. so much for your time. Appreciate oh, it. oh, you're welcome. God bless you. Thank you for trusting us with that question, and we appreciate it so very much. Um, we only have about uh, 60 seconds left. We're not going to get to Michelle in Michigan or Joanne in Massachusetts. Uh, we're going to ask Libby and Carol. We're getting a thumbs up from Libby and Carol. If you could talk to Joanne and Michelle and get their questions, we will definitely add them along with Helene and the others. We'll add them to our next mailbag, which is coming 
coming up next month. Um, this uh, next Saturday, we have a new content show um, airing for you while while Marty and I are in Dallas, Texas, at uh, Saint Gabriel's the marriage retreat. We're super excited about that, Adam. So um, our listeners can listen to a new show, and then after that comes Padre Pio's feast day. So we're super excited about that, and Adam. Any final comments, real quick? No, just these were great questions, and thank you for your patience, everybody. Um, I do think we have some spiritual warfare comes against us. Uh, the enemy doesn't like our show, so appreciate mm-hmm. your patience. Absolutely. Please like us on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. Until next Saturday, we want to wish you a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.